test is in order. Five enhanced clones, more capable than an army. Yet they exhibit a concerning level of disobedience in disregard for orders. What else you got? Give me more! There are ten new Star Wars shows coming out in the next few years. This is the Star Wars Binge, where we not only elevate, order, and discuss the best 40 hours of the Star Wars canon, we also will have a fresh spin on worthy content being released. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me in Chicago, Illinois, is Daniel Mothershed, playwright, comedian, and pop culture enthusiast. This is true. This is the sound of my voice. My man. How we doing? Well, we are pre-gaming for the Bad Batch. Yeah. You and I, we're recording from a parking lot. We are cooking brats and drinking cheap beer. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> Hur- hooray. Or we're, or we're still in quarantine. Eating during quarantine has felt like sitting in a parking lot, eating in a car. <laughs> so I think either way, we've drawn a perfect comparison. I read a stat today that I didn't believe that the average American gained 41 pounds during this year. I don't believe it, but I suppose there are some people that are skewing things upwards for the rest of us. But, that was <laughs> what the st- but that's what the article said. I can say at least ten for me. Yeah, there's. I'm, I I certainly got the quarantine five rocking. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the the quarantine fifteen would have had a like nicer sort of ring to it. But yeah. <laughs> There's going to be lots of Star Wars podcasts coming out in the next few days, and they're going to detail all the intricacies of the Bad Batch that's coming out, clues in the trailers and the rest. That's not where we're going. No, we are going to do blind speculation. (laughs) We're pulling out crystal balls. Yeah, I've got my ruins and bones ready to throw in the air and see what they can tell us. Sometimes the thing is coming up, and you just want to be jazzed to talk about how great it could be. This is one of the things I love about shared pop culture is the release date's coming up. I want to get together with friends. I want to hear what, what they think is going to happen and what, what, what gets them amped. And, and see if our predictions were right or if our predictions went the way of, uh, went the way of WandaVision and none of us were right. <laughs> Not a single person called really anything in that show. Well, one of my top 10 favorite things in life is top 10 lists. So as our contribution to the Star Wars discussion and upcoming releases, we're going to offer up a top 10 list. So we're going to say here the top 10 big things we're excited about in the Bad Batch. Before we get into this, however, we must say there are over 150 hours of Star Wars on film, which you will know, Daniel. I do know, yes. Our podcast is the Star Wars Binge, where we select, order, and elevate the best 40 hours of the Star Wars canon. If you have stumbled across this just because you want to get into some Bad Batch stuff before you see the episodes that drop, do take a look at our intro and first couple of episodes. We are just beginning. We would love for you to, to check it out if you enjoy our discussion here. But with that, you ready to get into this? Let's do it. Daniel, what's the first thing on your list you're most excited about? My initial thought was you said top 10 list and I wanted to do like a terrible David Letterman impression. And then I was like, no, this is not the time or the place for that. <laughs> the, the first thing I wrote down is I am genuinely excited for there to finally be a place for sort of freaks and misfits in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, 
I feel like with most of Star Wars, even the characters that are supposed to be like, oh, plucky and scruffy and whatever, like they're still relatively attractive. They're still relatively put together and eventually ease into the coolness and greatness that the camera angles set up that they are going to be. Whereas with the four episodes in season seven of The Bad Batch and then clearly from this trailer, The Bad Batch feels like the suicide squad or the the team in apocalypse now or even like the a team like the the sometimes you need to send in the rejects to get the to get the crazy <laughs> jobs done and i i'm so excited for that like the quintessential reject team where it's like you got your tech guy your your weapons guy your brawn guy your guy who can plan your guy who does the hunting like i'm just really excited for that kind of a story in the star wars universe i agree that fantastic four ish yeah Quality. It's a you get the four people who have very different skills, and and we're going. Yeah, that was what's that struck me as as well, and I love that. Yeah, the it's hard to believe that Ray, the supermodel, is an outcast and misfit. I mean, yeah. I suppose she's on a planet with no other people that I can think of, except for that old lady who was scrubbing things. But <laughs> right, I forgot about her. These folks, they're they're actually an island of misfit toys. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. The a-team element, Suicide Squad element. They they do that in Rogue One, but uh, man, I'm a tra- I'm super attracted to the this idea. Yeah, same. Are there? I couldn't think of any westerns that kind of have the four folks going around. Is it, is that a western theme? You know, as, as Star Wars is a western. I think I think there are. Actually, you know, I will say when when I was watching, I think it was I think it was episode two. Of of season seven of of Clone Wars, the first mm-hmm. thing I'm like, there. This is making me think about the the John Wayne, or if you prefer the Jeff Bridges, mm. True Grit film. Sure, where it is the quintessential lawman, or or I guess in Rooster Cogburn and the Lady, the sort of by the book preacher's daughter teaming up with two other less than desirable enforcements of law. So, or but but even if you look at something like. The Magnificent Seven. Granted, it's seven people. Mm-hmm. It is a team of disparate folks coming together to to achieve one task. Yeah, I like that. Is it the case in? I, I haven't seen True Grit yet, which is unfortunate because I really love westerns. Neither of them. No, is it, there's a young girl in it though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> See, I wonder. I wonder if they're using that as the trope. Oh, I didn't. God, that did, it's funny. That didn't occur to me. And literally within forty five minutes of each other, I was rewatching all this stuff. <laughs> I, well, maybe we'll talk about that. That that may be down on my list a little bit if it's not on yours. Yeah. I mean, let me describe a Star Wars story for you where there's four very different characters and they're going to save a young girl. We've got to do something. What are you talking about? The droids belong to her. She's the one in the message. we got to help her. That might be in a couple of the stories that are in the Star Wars universe. And, you yeah. know, in all of the pantheon of literature. <laughs> Right there, there you go. So I mean, you're engaging that story entirely, yeah, yeah, and just putting it in with a in a fresh face here uh, with the Cl- Clone Wars animation style. Yeah, my first one likewise was of that sort, and to put uh, an extra detail in it, this is Star Wars mutants. Mm. We haven't seen Star Wars mutants with the exception of ninety nine. Yeah, who is a, f- a fan favorite character? One of my favorites, and I. In my mind, mutants are everywhere in uh, pop culture. And so I, I went 
went on the sites that kind of do those sorts of lists, like where are the best lists, you would be shocked at how few mutant stories there actually are. When I say mutants in pop culture, what comes to your mind first? X-Men. There's one. And then what comes to your mind second? Exactly. Yeah. I, I was trying. Yeah. The pop culture part of me was like, think of something crazy. But yeah, just, just, I guess X Men and, and maybe a few variants in, in comic book culture, you know, like your, yeah. your Ninja Turtles and your things like that, but they're all kind of in the same world. That was the only one, other one, and I'm glad you mentioned it. It's the Ninja Turtles. But that's really it. the The next ones on the list are like the hills have eyes, or oh, there's the yeah. mutations in uh, what's the name of that that movie? It's the Hunger Games. They have like animals that mutate. Oh, do they? But there's there's just there's not a lot of mutants out there. Yeah, I get, I, uh, I can't think of anything. Yeah, the thing with the Ninja Turtles, which I thought was interesting, is that's another team of four very different characters who are mutants and. They're saving the princess. They're saving the girl. They're saving April O'Neil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a they have a sort of wizened, wise, elderly uh, master. Guess who is that in this show? I didn't I didn't think about it until you said it. It you oh no I'm, I'm gonna, yeah I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be Rex. Yeah. Rex will take the Obi Wan Kenobi role there. Uh, wise old or the Splinter role, I should say. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, there's a fifth, I suppose, which does create this element. Yeah. Um, Echo's not a mutant, but it's got some rocket raccoon going on there because right. that dude's been pulled apart and put back together again. That is true. There's no respect. That is also true. Rocket, you're drunk. All right. No one's laughing at you. He thinks I'm some stupid thing. He does. Well, I didn't ask to get made. I didn't ask to be torn apart and put back together over and over and turned into some some little monster. Rocket, no one's calling you a monster. Yeah, the the mutant slash experiment, I guess. Yeah, experiment. I, here, here's that's how you define it, right? There's bi- naturally occurring mutation and then experimental mutation. Oh, yeah, I like that. Um, I mean, I suppose if we do a five, if we do teams of five, then it, there is a Guardians of the Galaxy thing kind of going on with, uh, you know, a big character like Groot and Wrecker, you know. And, yeah, and, yeah. Well, and, and I guess Groot is an alien, but yeah. 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 I mean, the misfit toys, though. Uh, so yeah. The ragtag kind of band of like shouldn't play together, but but are anyway. Yes. That's it. Um, well, what's next on your list? My, uh, the next one on my list is I'm really excited to start seeing uh, weirder planets, mm-hmm. weirder alien life. Yeah, talk about that. We've seen the jungle planet. We've seen the desert planet. Like, like we get mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and those are great. But the sort of strange variations on locations and alien life, I feel like to be potentially blasphemous and talk about the other star related properties star trek i think that's some of what makes star trek so fascinating be it the original series sure or next generation or even the films yeah going to different planets and really seeing the life that's on them as opposed to just briefly seeing them as as missile fodder as as they kind of tend to be in some star wars stories that's 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 most of what makes star trek really great to me and i'm really I feel like you get a little bit of it in those four Bad Batch episodes, and you see some glimpses of it in the trailer, so I'm really hoping that they dig into some of that. Yeah. 
that was the thing that struck me first with these trailers is the scale here just seems huge. Every shot of imperial buildings, they're just enormous in in scale. Yeah. And and you start bouncing to different planets. I I was trying to follow one of those YouTubes where they kind of are speculating and they were like, Well, this is probably this planet and this might right. be a new one. And then they're going back to Camino and here they are with this. And I I'll be real curious if this show, more than any other, really allows you to see and experience the geography and, and enormity of this galaxy in a, in a way that you kind of, you know, you can kind of get your head around. And it's super hard to do. I think you and I have talked before about one of the great things in Game of Thrones is at the beginning you see that map and it really gives you a sense of place where yep. Star Wars is so hard to do that because you're jumping galaxies and doing whatever in the same way that like you don't know where they're going in Guardians of the Galaxy because they're they're jumping around like crazy <laughs> and you got the multiverse and you got everything else. So so anything that kind of could help with that, I'm I'm very excited to finally get. Agreed. Agreed. We we uh, in a future podcast we talk about uh, setting up a GoFundMe for for that sort of work. <laughs> oh yeah, because that that that's somebody can get a master's degree if they figure that out. I feel <laughs> seriously. I have two behind me. I have two Star Wars Atlas, and it takes me forever to find whatever I'm going to find. I I am a big fan of the Google. Where are they in episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, my next one was Year One storytelling. I love year one stories where it's something decisive has happened. It's not the origin story. It's you have your powers for the first time and now we're going to see what they're about. And so it's like Batman year one kind of stories or better yet, Godfather uh, one and two. It's like I'm going to see this character begin to do what they do. Palpatine's been waiting for a while. Yeah. And it's time to to you know shift from first gear where he's been hanging out into fifth gear, and just just wreck all the things that we love. Oof. And I'm actually really into that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I think that's going to be great. One of the real interesting things I, I went to StarWars.com to see what they said on Bad Batch. They actually used the F word on this. And that word is fascism. Oh, I was like, I was real surprised that the, they were in their commentary talking about the rise of fascism in the story that they're telling. I mean, it's trending. <laughs> <laughs> Will they uh, have the guts to you know to showcase some stuff? Uh, lots of contemporary issues in Star Wars that occasionally will you know find their voice. That's that's wild. That that everything I thought of to say is provocative. <laughs> Disinformation campaign going to be taking place in a galaxy far, far away. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, what you got next? Next, I've got uh, stories that are more focused on the wars part of Star Wars, on the uh -huh. battle parts of Star Wars. I think I've I've gone on to talk about this, or will go on to talk about this in other episodes, but. I'm really excited for stories that are more about the gritty war side of it and less about variations of the same five Jedi characters that we've known since the 70s. And again, love those characters, yeah. but just yeah. really it's It's one of the reasons why I love Rogue One so much. It's one of the reasons why I love Solo so much. It is a, it is a sideways look at a world that we love 
that blows up the universe and you get to see like like why do you need the force and the jedi and the whatever oh cuz this world is just sort of fallen apart and gone to ruin mm-hmm. and crime and everything and and being able to see that and dig into it is is I'm really excited for yeah i love that i don't know that we've really seen much of this since the original trilogy but the guerrilla war the underground you know resistance rebellion i realize are two big star wars words but that's what it is you know there's going to be the formation of what is opposing the fascist forces that have emerged and the interesting thing about like when a government is doing that kind of stuff right like you start out with the best Mm -hmm. of intentions and then suddenly you have to win at whatever costs and then you start kind of being willing to send in the team that doesn't necessarily play by the rules that maybe are a little shady it i mean like your your suicide squad type right like the government sends in the suicide squad which is a team compromised of super villains that are working for the government because sometimes to uphold quote unquote the peace and law and order you got to send in the, the the worst possible people i didn't put that together that that's what's going on in these trailers Tarkin is looking for a black ops team. Oh, yo, exactly. Uh, it, it, it appears that they reject that job early on, and then they're on the run, yeah? It, that that would be my guess as well. Right. I, I hope that's what happens, because that's connected to the last part of my top list that I'm excited for. So, okay. so ho- I, I hope so. Well, we can hold <laughs> on that. All right, well, yeah, I like that. My next one is a longer conversation, and I want your reaction to all of this because I don't know how else to put this, but I'm really excited for the pieces that are on the chessboard. There are a ton of pieces to use. That is, there are characters that we love who are out there who could show up at any point in time alongside characters that, you know, that they create. But I get the sense that just as Din Djarin is kind of bouncing around and coming into contact with characters that we know and love and, and we're seeing where they're at and what's going on in their shared adventures for a, for a moment, I get the sense that that's what they may end up doing here. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That'll be great. So on the dark side... They have a ton of great characters. They have not done anything with Thrawn's early years. Their comic books are fantastic on this front. And they could easily bring Thrawn in um, to introduce him because obviously they want to do Thrawn stuff with uh, his overlap with Ahsoka and the stuff that that apparently her show is going to be about. They need to showcase the rising of the Inquisitors. Inquisitors are dark side force users who end up being employed, as it were, by Darth Vader. There is all the stuff with Vader that they could do. I don't think they'll do it in season one, but certainly it's a it's a chess piece that they could certainly elevate that later on. The Vader comics, which have you gotten a chance to to see any of I these? I have. I I I bought a couple of them and I've started one. Just wonderful storytelling. He Vader takes on that kind of assassin enforcer. I mean there's your black ops like here's the the real problem we need to go in and put the muscle down and and getting opportunities to see him do the things he is feared for for having done that we really don't get to see in, yeah. in any of the original six films and we briefly get to see in Rogue One getting the chance to see him be this like feared killing machine is potentially very exciting absolutely true Absolutely true. The book Lord of the Siths starts with him in a in one of those tanks, 
and it it's his inner life and him just thinking about the people who have hurt him. Vader completed his meditation and opened his eyes. His pale, flame-savaged face stared back at him from out of the reflective black transparent steel of his pressurized meditation chamber. Without the neural connection to his armor, he was conscious of the stumps of his legs, the ruin of his arms, the perpetual pain in his flesh. He welcomed it. Pain fed his hate, and hate fed his strength. Ooh, it's a real interesting scene. That's awesome. Showing Anakin doing that, man. Bringing in Matt Latner, who did uh, the voice of Anakin in the Clone Wars, for those times where Vader takes off his helmet. And then, I don't. I mean, James Earl Jones is still alive and could clearly do some stuff. I bet you he will do some stuff for Kenobi. Well, and did for um, Rogue One, I believe. Yep. And did Rogue One. Went back for the... Not the same, but also not live action Lion King. So he, you know, <laughs> he's around. He did voice work for uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, that's um, right. But he also did some stuff in in Rebels, and and was just in coming to America the sequel. So he's <laughs> he's around. He's working. He's working. Definitely wants to take up the microphone here. He does have the best voice in the entire world. People who are out there. And apparently we're going to see some of this world is the crime si- si- syndicate syndicate <laughs> is the shadow collective and mall and the huts. Yeah. The, yeah. Just the, the gangstery gritty Gotham city esque versions of the, the worlds in star Wars. I'm really excited for. Yeah. Finnick Shand, who we meet in uh, Mandalorian is, is going to, it makes a cartoon appearance in the in the trailer. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's the the sniper who works with Boba Fett, and so apparently they're going to show some of that world. That's a great helmet too. That was right. I audibly remarked when she popped up in the trailer. We're just like, ooh, yes. We see on the rebellion or on the rebellious, uh, still kind of dark side is Saul Guerrero's in the trailer. Um, some of the Star Wars slave traders are in there, and of course, there's gobs of clones. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, and I'm real interested in your thoughts on this, tons of characters who have never been fugitives, tons of characters who have been at the pinnacle of power. You know, they don't need to do anything with Yoda, but he's out there. You know, they don't need to do anything with Kenobi, but he certainly is available. Yeah. Some of the characters that we're going to meet in Rebels, Kanan Jarrus in particular is out there, and they've already done his animation because we will talk. We talked about that in our first episode that uh, he and his teacher are shown yes. as the narrator is setting up that that episode. So they even have the animation ready to go. Bo-Katan is obviously out there. Who I have become the biggest fan of in the last year and a half. So I would be all about that. Katie Sackhoff actually shared something about Bad Batch. And so might be you know a hint that, that she actually got a chance to come in, do some stuff. That would be so great. Slight spoiler, but... Barris Afi is out there if uh, if they want to use her. Um, who is a, a Jedi who uh, we haven't seen her die yet. Um, there's a handful of Jedi that we never really saw die. Numerous characters from the video games, books, but one who's available. And since they're doing slave traders, they're show they showed slave traders. I'd be real curious if Chewbacca makes an appearance. Ooh, 
We haven't seen Chewbacca go into slavery. No. We've seen Chewbacca get out of slavery. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. And that's a story we're telling. Oh, I want to see that real bad. Han Solo's nine, so that might not be interesting. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. L- Lil Solo is not a is not a is not a an animated series I want to watch. Not quite as compelling. Not not to me. <laughs> Speaking of you know of that guerrilla tactics, Bail Organa and Ahsoka Tano are obviously out there, and they're going to be forming Fulcrum and the beginnings of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, I would wager money. Ahsoka gets at least a couple of episodes because giving Ashley Eckstein, who does mm-hmm. Ahsoka's voice, a renewed platform, she has been nothing but honorable through this transition. And giving her a spot to 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 really shine in that character again and say, we really care about you and all you've done in setting up this principal character seems to me the sort of move that it would be a really classy move because, and I think I've mentioned this before and, and I'll just to say it again, like even Rosario Dawson has credited her and said she, she spent so much time listening to the, the sort of way she talks and the sentence structure and everything just to try to yeah put some of that into her performance. Cause she's done such amazing work because that character is such a fan favorite. Yep. Two last Jedis. And I'm, I didn't mean that as a thing, but <laughs> two last Jedi's <laughs> worth talking about. Which is which is a animated series you and I are pitching. <laughs> <laughs> this first one might be a stretch, but we don't see Mace Windu die. I knew you were going to say that, and I and <laughs> and I'm totally on board with that. Are you? You, you think that'd be a good move? I can't say whether or not I think it would be a good move because. I don't know the sort of whole scope, obviously, of what they were doing, but I just think of, again, in terms of really great characters, mm-hmm. the, the the sort of mythology of their greatness is often declared, but we never really mm-hmm. get to see it. True. He's another one where I just think, like, I don't know the voice actor in the show. He does an amazing job, but Samuel Jackson... Like, and you didn't do anything with him other than kind of have him look a little suspicious and then get pushed out of a window. Right. So that I would, I would love to see something with him. We can talk about it now since you, I assume you've seen uh, the last episode of the Bad Mm -hmm. Batch arc where there is some Mace Windu action. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Him threatening droids (laughs) is one of my favorite scenes in the Clone Wars. My name is General Mace Windu of the Jedi Order. At this point of the Clone War, I have dismantled and destroyed over 100,000 of you Type 1 battle droids. I'm giving you an opportunity to peacefully lay down your weapons so that you may be reprogrammed to serve a better purpose than spreading the mindless violence and chaos which you have inflicted upon the galaxy. Blaster! And even though it's not Samuel Jackson, like just because you know that he did it, like th- that actor yeah. does such a great job sort of evoking uh samuel jackson but also his own stamp on it like it's it's you love that like it feels like he's had it up to here with all these mm, droids in this mm, base <laughs> terrence carson oh that's a good name yeah and he does a stellar job i think acting is as windy just a real commanding uh yeah. rich voice to listen to here's why i think bringing windu back makes sense i think palpatine needs an equal who he actually has a foil in this period of time, uh, Palpatine doesn't have anyone who's his match, with maybe the exception, I suppose, of Yoda. 
But I think Windu is that match. And they obviously have a history. I've seen mock-ups of Samuel L. Jackson all, you know, you know, beat up from the lightning, as it were. Like one of his eyes is gone and, and his, his face is burned as Mace Windu. And I'm like, that's who I want to see. That dude right there, he is angry <laughs> and he wants vengeance. And that's not the Jedi way, mm-hmm. but that's okay. The Jedi Order fell and right. w- Windu's going to get his. What country are you from? What? what? What ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? Physically, I feel like what you're describing is just Nick Fury, but I'm also down for that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that is who that is. I didn't think about that. Which, hey, they probably can't do the I thing. I'm all for. I love his version of Nick Fury. <laughs> Truth, uh, and, and that—that's what I was thinking that too. And then you said it, but but the fact that uh, skills-wise they're on the same level, but there's the history too. Yeah, and 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 that's that's always the best part of a villain and and a hero of of knowing not that they've just met for the first time, but knowing like oh there's history with these guys, and and you know like like Darth Vader saying I sense a presence I haven't felt in a long time. Yeah, even though you don't know it, you know. The first time most of us saw that movie, we don't know what the history was, but like that automatically creates a relationship. Him saying, there's something here that I'm familiar with and I haven't been familiar with for a long time. You go, ooh, okay, there's something here. Man, can you imagine? Like, Here's a scene that I, I doubt they would do this, but imagine this scene. Imagine Windu finds Yoda and imagine that they plot to kill Palpatine. Like, so the This isn't a stretch. When Hitler comes into power, if you're going to talk about fascism, there's going to be assassination plots. Oh, yeah. Who is who is leading these assassination plots? What does that look like? The Bad Batch makes total sense in that space, yeah? Uh, completely. And if they don't do it, it's just more for you and I's pitch of the last two Jedis. Yeah, man. <laughs> there you go. The right. scene with Samuel Jackson and Frank Oz as the Yoda uh, puppeteer. There's a lot of action, but then also a lot of dialogue moments where they're dry, they're they're cruising onto Coruscant and they start talking about what you call a quarter pounder with cheese on Dagobah. Oh yeah, with cheese. That's right. <laughs> right? Dis- Disney, if you're out there, we have way more of this already written down. It's ready to go for that pitch. We're we're cheap. We're we're oh, less yeah. than seven figures. We're on board for. Uh, for that meeting that you, you I'll do it for a little bit of money and just some merchandise. <laughs> you just give I just watched that uh, uh on Disney Plus there's like the tour video of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge ride. Uh-huh. Which which I'm not a Disneyland guy at all but like in terms of like merchandise and experience and stuff like I I got excited to the point of being emotional about the possibility of yeah. being there. I'm like, "Ooh." So I would do it for passes to to <laughs> Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. Just fly me to Orlando and and we're, we'll call it even. Uh, they've got the one in California. I would prefer that, but I don't know if Florida's a little. Sorry, Floridians who are listening to this. Wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> Florida man, there's uh, one last Jedi uh, we're talking about. I have no idea how they would pull this off, but you, I don't know where else they put this on film except for in this show. And it's how does Grogu get off of Coruscant? And if you wanted to tell the Grogu story, this might be a place for it. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, Again, we kind of mentioned some of the characters that are out there who could do some of that. Yeah. You know, there's there's a handful of Jedi who are in the temple who escape, but Grogu needs to escape the temple. So what does that look like? That would be super interesting. And I suppose it's, well, shoot. I don't think you get clones to do it. Anyway. But if they wanted to show that, then this would be a place. 
Yeah, that'd be super interesting. Mm. You got number two? Y- yes. Yes, I did. I, f- four. You got number four. Uh, because I was counting down, you were counting up. We passed each other. Oh, I got you. I'm so, yeah, we've intersected, um, which is perfect. The counting order is all kinds of bonkers, just like Star Wars. <laughs> That's right. It's Star um, Wars. <laughs> it actually works well because we've, we've talked about Ahsoka and we've talked about Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four is just seeing more badass women in, in the Star Wars universe, which... Yep. Not to say, of course, that Princess Leia isn't a, a badass and, and, and Rey is great. Actually, I do really mm-hmm. like Rey. I know there's some people that are, but I think, I think Rey is a great character. But just see it. No, I agree. Seeing more really interesting female characters that, that we've seen before in one case and then yep. maybe we haven't seen before and just and sort of opening up that universe. I'm really excited about some yep. diversity, I guess. That goes alongside my next one also. And it's. This is, I assume, hearsay. I don't know where this name is coming from, but they clearly are introducing a female character who looks to be a big part of the story, which is Omega. This is the name of the little girl who is in the trailers. Mm -hmm. We had already kind of mentioned it, that it's the four scrapping dudes with the little girl, and I love that trope of Ninja Turtles and the rest. What Guardians of the Galaxy, I suppose, is that as well. Or even... Uh, more classic films like uh, Time Bandits is is a oh that's a good one. Uh, there's a little kid along with the 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 bandits. This this yeah group of misfits that are on the run because they've stolen a map from God. You know what I mean? Just that kind. Of, just yep. the, the these four sort of four or five criminals on the run with a younger person. I, I think is I love Time Bandits. I know super underrated. You know they're doing a they're developing a TV series. Really? And and uh, and Taika Waititi is involved. So I mean, what? Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about it in like about a year, but I do know that it's potentially happening, and I think that's perfect. Yeah, that is perfect. I mean, to go a step further, if we're going down that road, it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's Treasure Island. Yeah, Treasure Island. You know what I mean? Like pirates and a yeah. child. Oh, I like that. That's. So anyway, you're hitting all the tropes. By the way, if you haven't heard the rest of our podcasts and how we do things, all we do is talk about Star Wars and overlap with pop, pop culture of this sort. It's the only thing I'm qualified to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but Ahsoka is this way. That's the the little girl surrounded by men. Jin Urso is this way. Leia is this way, as we mentioned. Uh, Rey doesn't have as much of that kind of story, but she obviously is the prominent female character there. Oh, yeah. So Omega... I mean, I'm just going to read into this. I'm assuming that she's a clone. And it's a great extra spin on this that she comes from Camino. And since her name is Omega, that means she's the last one. Mm-hmm. So they've made millions of clones. And this last one is a mutant. And her mutation is that she turned out female. I think that's a great little image. That's the I, I've kind of intentionally because I knew I knew we were going to do this. I've kind of intentionally stayed away from the like 20 minute unpacking trailer videos just because I, I wanted sure. to go into this fresh. But the the very little research I've done seems to point to that as well. Like uh, the the idea of a female clone. Yeah. I love that. And then I, I think that's a great move. And I don't mean, I mean, I don't know if that counts as a mutation. If you if all of your genetics is made to be male biologically male i know they considered it a mutation with jurassic park you're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed no i'm i'm simply saying that life uh finds a way 
they were all females and then mutated into being males so they could reproduce. Jurassic Park is a good mutant movie. <laughs> there are mutations going on <laughs> with Jurassic Park. It's a good call. Like, I like how it mutated from being two very good movies into some <laughs> movies. <laughs> Clever girl. Well, what's your last one? Uh, my last one actually plays out of yours really well. Uh-huh. I just said I'm really excited to for fun Star Wars again. Mm. The you know like the ones that like this feels like a romp or a ride or an adventure. And I did write down Time Bandits and Treasure Island were the things I wrote down. Where it's where it's your teams of people with a younger person, yeah, going rogue and going off on adventures. And it just to me it feels like the things that when we're kids we fall in love with with Star Wars. And then somewhere along the line, it got very serious, and I think that's maybe a lot of fan stuff, a lot of a lot of assumptions, a lot of whatever. But just getting sure. back to this is fun. Yeah, enjoy a ride for the next if it's a thirty-minute animated series or the next two hours of a film. I'm just excited for the 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 Star Wars that is just exciting. Yep, I'll be curious if they do what they did with Clone Wars and Rebels, where the first season is a little bit more for. 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, and then they, they slowly get more mature. Yeah. Well, on the complete opposite side of that, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing my list says is exorcism. One of the last things that Rex says to Echo in, uh, in the Bad Batch series, Echo's been saved. He says, Rex, thanks for coming after me. That's what brothers do. Just sorry it took so long. Hopefully it's going to be just like old times. Rex ain't going away, and he has a million brothers who are possessed by the devil. Oh. And I'm real interested in what that looks like. And it's not a, I don't think it's a spoiler to say there are some clones who are freed in, uh, in Rebels. Mm-hmm. And so there's something there. And I imagine if you were to say, Rex, what's your purpose in life? That's it. That's it. He's 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 going to try and save some of his brothers. Almost making him like a, like a, we've talked about Westerns multiple times throughout this episode and also other episodes, but almost kind of in the same way that Mando is almost making Rex kind of a man with no name, walking the earth on a mission to, to do, or even like the, the, yeah. the, the series Kung Fu with, with David Carradine. Man, I could totally see. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if that's his mission to like walk the galaxies to free yeah. his brothers, I'd watch the hell out of that. There is an episode that we're going to look at early on in the binge called The Deserter. <coughs> Real interesting episode where it's pushing into Rex's inner life. And he's getting to see a man who walked away from, you know, the order, as it were. The, the, the only reason I bring this up is Rex has been one of the many clones. And it's just this huge family. And he's always been unique in some ways, but he's also one of the guys, and he's just as professional as you get. You know who he is? It's I didn't think about this. Captain Rex, routinely in my mind, is Captain America. And guess what happens with Captain America? He gets replaced by a guy that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen these yet, but I've seen the memes. (laughs) Okay, so but I've heard tell that the. I will say, here's just a, that actor is doing a great job. The character of the new Captain America is uh, correct. <laughs> hashtag not my captain. <laughs>
Captain America learns that, you know, his country he serves has been taken over by Hydra. And so, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, what happens now? Yeah. And that's exactly what Rex's storyline is. If you want to keep that sort of comparison going, the the sort of Bad Batch crew feels a little bit like Bucky, mm. where it's very similar, yeah, but sort of the corrupted, sort of failed version of that. Yep. But there's still the connection. I bet it's right on. The brotherhood thing is 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 really interesting throughout all of this. That's where Rex's story, I think. And we've we'll we'll talk extensively about this in the binge. This is where this universe and and the pieces that they're they're able to play with are so wonderful because you really can't tell this story in a whole lot of other places unless you're building a universe. Right. But the brotherhood of these millions of people, their their identity with each other, commonality with each other, that's big time. And the fact that they've done seven seasons of storytelling. And Rex has relationships with Cody, who's out there, with Wolf, who's out there, with Echo, as we saw. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we can obviously we can go down the list. The we we've already done some of the work for uh, you know the Siege of Mandalore is our first four episodes in the binge. You see it with what Rex is trying to communicate to Jesse, and these are men who have fought together, hurt together. There's there's going to be a real powerful scene, which I totally forgot about, in which they are facing peril, just the two of them. And this is, and it's just sets up some of that stuff at the end of, uh, you know, in the Siege of Mandalore at another heightened emotional level. Just going to be glorious. So anyway, I love me some exorcisms. How do we get... <laughs> How do we get these uh, inhibitor chips out of people's heads? I did have I did have a thought watching the watching the trailer just in connection to Order sixty six and the the Bad Batch clones. Do they have the chips? In and I think it's not known. I, I would assume not is what I was going to say because it feels like if yeah. if you look at a thing and it's defective, you're probably not going to put the technology yep. in it. Let's play this out because I mean you want to create some drama. Those guys had been working together for a while. What happens if one of them has the chip mm. and the, the other three don't? Or their mutations affect the chip in different ways. Yeah, there's a bunch of places that could go. And, I mean, in theory, Echo has the chip and is in the is in that crew. That's, uh, yeah, oh, mm. that's interesting. I'm real interested just to, this was, this was my also ran list, but... Echo's post-traumatic stress is all over the third episode in the Bad Batch arc. And they even end with kind of a, I'm not sure this person's trustworthy. Especially three. Yeah, there's that kind of like head in hand uh, looking off moment. Yeah, I I thought the same thing when I was like, oh no. And they kind of resolve some of that in the fourth episode. And I wonder if they're just saying at the fourth episode. But I would be real curious if they want to go dark. I mean, this was the thing I was thinking I don't know that there's any other character in Star Wars that has a prisoner of war story, but these are Star Wars, and what do you do with that character? The the closest, I think, is somebody like Chewbacca, but that's, a, again, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know if that counts. But you've also got the Sifo-Dyas character, if you want to talk about prisoners of war. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, that's true. But but again, that's two. That's two. So out of, yeah. out of all 
all of the 150 hours of Star Wars that are on film and the 150 presumably more that are about to come. I suppose this is the case if this doesn't happen, but if Sifo-Dyas began fighting alongside the Jedi again, that might be a real interesting angle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's again the case, I, I don't know what level they're going to shoot for here in terms of, is Bad Batch going to pick up where the Clone Wars left off in terms of its age appropriateness? Or are they going to kind of restart? I could see them going either way. My, my hunch, and maybe it's less of a hunch and maybe just more of a hope as an adult, yeah. <laughs> according to some, yeah. most of the people that watched The Clone Wars are at least in their, tw- what, 20s now? 20s, 30s? Yeah. I think there's probably going to be a lot more adults watching it than there are kids but but again that's what i love about star wars even some of the more heady adult stuff you could still watch with a kid in a room because there's there's still fun characters and lightsabers and mm. and whatever but th- but then also there's the stuff for the adults so i think if they shot with i mean even with what season seven is you could still have children watch it and adults could still like it too true and they may try and do that and that's a very star wars ish thing to do i know that's real deep in the heart of lucas and it seems like that got passed on to Filoni and all those guys. Yeah. Well, that's why every once in a while somebody's like, I want to see HBO do like a gritty, dark Star Wars series. And I'm like, man, I don't. Like the thing I love about (laughs) Star Wars is that my dad showed that to my brother and I when we were like six, seven years old. And it was something we could enjoy. And like it's still Darth Vader still scared my brother and I to the point of like running and standing behind the couch or leaving the room when, when he was in. But we were still able to watch it. Yeah. And I think if Star Wars ever loses that... Boy, I think they've made a mistake. True. I mean, on the flip side, it's it's a such a tightrope to walk. But you know, in Star Wars, there's amputations. Right. There's parental abuse <laughs> at a very extreme level. There's uh, a lot of psychological issues. I don't know. I mean, I wonder if they just say, "Look, the Mandalorian works for all ages. Go for that again." You know, something like that. Which I would love. Yeah. And I would too. The Mandalorian is some of my favorite Star Wars, I'm going to say across the board. Like it's just, I'm I'm really loving it. Agreed. Agreed. Well, you got anything else as we're we're looking forward to this? You know, the one thing I will say, and we we did touch on it earlier, but calling those guys Troop 99, I just love. I just, I love the nod to the character of 99 is just, like you said, such a fan favorite, but also just for me, like a, a, a personal favorite character. So... Uh, hopefully, yeah. I hope that little sort of tribute is there as well. I'd be really curious if they knew how good you know that character was, how well they did with that character. We do a deep dive into clone cadets and arc troopers here real early in the binge. So if you already know about 99 and want to hear our take, we're going to certainly tackle episodes <laughs> with this character. Want to listen to two adult men slightly tear up together. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, by no means was that a pejorative. That's a selling point for me. Well, again, take a look at the stuff that we're doing with the deep dive into uh, the Star Wars binge. We'd love your, your support. Life uh, finds a way. This podcast is only going to survive if you share it with passion to friends who love a galaxy far, far away. Music is by John Williams, Samuel Kim, and the great Kevin Kiner. You can find all the links to all of our stuff at StarWarsBinge.com, by the way. That's a first for me. <laughs> I was like, hey, look what's available. It's fortuitous. And that's what I got. Got anything else? I'm good. He's Daniel Mothershed. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm Jeff Cook. I'm giving you an opportunity to peacefully lay down your weapons so that you may be reprogrammed.
to serve a better purpose than spreading the mindless violence and chaos which you have inflicted upon the galaxy. We're a clan of two. Two remaining Jedis. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's two old men hanging out, talking about the glory days. Don't steal this idea, the internet. And that's the way, apparently. This is the way. Blast them! <laughs>